0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers, and now... It's time for the Bleed Lose Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan.
1: And Alicia del Valle.
0: With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger.
1: It's happening. It's opening baseball day series. I don't even know the wording for it, so that's why I said it that way. So that might be weird. But before we get into it, this week's episode of the Bleed Lose Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and, of course, the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts. But Juan, we have baseball. Alicia, we have baseball. Roger, we have baseball, and you can write a list about it, but you don't want to. But we have baseball, and they're opening up against the Rockies. How's everyone feeling after this this concise spring? We'll start with you, Juan.
2: Uh, look, I I said that when we were on with the Padres guys. Uh, the ring, the ring, the bell podcast. I, um, I it's my hot take. I, I think they're going to start off slow. I think they're going to have a slow start. And what concerns me is the back of the rotation. When I mean, what really concerned me was when Dave Roberts said, well, he said he had to crack the whip with those players and say, Hey, you know, we got to start playing better. And I, I don't remember the last time a manager on the Dodgers said, recognize that we aren't playing well in spring training. So none of that scares you guys. Um, I, I'm i a little worried only in the sense that it's,
1: it's no. one of those, one of those, uh, you know, like Walker Beeler, for instance, just as an example, you know, he's always had his quote, slow start, right? That's not a knock on Walker. Everyone just starts differently. I, I think this whole team is currently suffering from a slow start, but in fairness to them, there's been a lot going on on and off the field. Right. So, so it's, it, they're still kind of figuring out the chemistry. you got a new superstar player and Freddie Freeman into the mix as well. You have to take that into account. So it's, you know, the, and obviously, you know, the, the attention that was around the Dodgers up until that transaction took place is there. Clayton Kershaw, same thing. Everyone even kind of knew he was still coming, but they talked about a lot of that stuff. Be that as it may all that goes out the window effective tomorrow. You know, when, when the season starts, uh, the only thing that I'm personally worried about, I'm not worried about Cody. The reason I'm not, I'll just throw this out there right now. We know the abilities that he carries as a player dude can be a perennial all-star perennial MVP. You just don't lose that. Right. I, I think he's fine. He's just kind of just trying to get back in his groove after having that shoulder issue. Cool. Mookie bets. He's had a couple injury woes. He himself has said, that he did not have a great year last year. That's just talk for a guy that has all the potential in the world, like a Cody we just talked about, to be a perennial all-star, perennial MVP candidate. Not worried about that. What I am worried about is the back of the rotation. I found it interesting that Dave Roberts said that Andrew Heaney is not a project. Unfortunately, I think Andrew Heaney is a project because he he didn't have all the success in the world in Anaheim. And granted, his circumstances weren't great there. Didn't have great, you know, success in New York either. You
2: misheard him. Dave Roberts said Andrew Heaney is not from the projects.
1: Oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's my bad.
2: That's what he said. That's
1: my I, little known fact. I'm deaf in one ear, so that's my problem. Yes. Um, I, I'm a little. I, Tony Consonin intrigues me, and the reason I say that is he has all the potential in the world, but for some reason, all those pieces of the puzzle don't mesh together for some reason, and I don't understand. It. So uh, this is, kind. I feel like this year could potentially be a make it or break it year for Tony. Not to say that they're going to move on from him immediately because of whatever, but he's had plenty of chances to show up and do the thing. 2020 World Series, Bubble Series, all that stuff. He had the perfect and prime opportunity to do that. And what did he do? Juan, what did he do?
2: I think he threw in like 200 pitches in two innings. I think is what he threw.
1: Yeah. And, and what did that result in not a win? So it wasn't, it was not a productive or a successful outing. So that's, and granted, that was a long time ago at this point. Right. And then you still have other questions with Dustin May. And then obviously we have the emergence of Bobby Miller, who a lot of people projected he wouldn't be up in the show until 2023. That may change now based on kind of his appearance. But crazy things have happened, right? So I'm not overly worried about the future because you still have to, I mean, if Trevor Bauer is Trevor Bauer, assuming he comes back, then, then you still have a lights out rotation, right? That eliminates the issue with Heaney and and Gonsolin because you still have four lights out pitchers, but we still don't even know what's going to happen with that. And so that, that's just kind of the the main weak spot as we talked about with the, the, uh, the Padres guys is the rotation. What about you, Alicia? What What do you kind of see? How do you feel about it? Where are you at right now?
3: I think we are in universal agreement. Both of you gentlemen have said the rotation. That is definitely a concern of mine because we're stacked in, in every other way. But I'm going to be the Pollyanna, the, the hey, let's look at the bright side. I mean, did Kershaw not have one of the best spring trainees ever? He looks healthy. Yeah. He's killing it out there. Um I feel like his maturity and and with the advancements of how older athletes take care of themselves, like seeing Justin Turner last night at, or uh, seeing Justin Turner during the freeway series, he looks so fit. I feel like these guys are buying in. They're taking it seriously. Are they going to have a slow start? Yes, I agree as well with you gentlemen. Um, But we have Dustin May. He will be back. He pitched, right? Uh, uh, Dave Roberts said he was throwing, I think, today.
2: He threw a bullpen. bullpen.
3: So it's looking up. And even without Bauer, I still feel like there is some strength there. I know I believe there are two young pitchers ahead of Bobby Miller. But Bobby Miller.
2: That's a big league pitcher. I don't care what anyone says. Let, let us picture. know because uh, Alicia was on assignment. She was actually at Dodger Stadium and got to see Bobby Miller in person. What did you see Alicia?
3: I saw somebody with great poise with major league attitude. There was no fear. There was he just got that 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 starting pitcher swagger, you know, and he's 23, he was celebrating his birthday while he made his debut at Dodger Stadium. And his parents were there. And, you know, the the weight of our expectations for the Dodgers on his shoulders, and he killed it. He struck out Shohei Otani with a 100 miles per hour pitch. It was I, I did not take my eyes off of him. And so much, I wanted to send you guys video and pictures. I was just watching him. I, I had no social media skills while he was on the mound. It was clean. He, he gave us three clean, just amazing innings. And, and I know I'm sounding like a Bobby Miller uh, fan club gal, but I see no problem with him coming up earlier than scheduled. And that's why, you know, Dave Roberts and the crew brought him to open.
2: And that Bobby Miller talk was brought to one of our <laughs> listeners, uh, Philip Lopez, who hit us up and said, "Please make sure you can talk about Bobby Miller on on the next episode." So, Philip Lopez guy, that that was for you. Alicia gave you the lowdown on and, Bobby and Miller.
3: I gave him a big like fire. Like, is that what the kids are saying? Do they still say that? I don't. Uh, know. I think but lit, he was amazing.
1: <laughs> lit, uh, heat is another one I've heard from the kids. So, uh, but again, I'm. I digress I don't I'm not hip enough to know those terms and and truthfully we're not nitpicking I mean let's just be 100% honest The, the expectations with the Dodgers year in year out they're sky high right and and if you look at the rotation you look at the lineup I mean the bullpen even this might be the best in my opinion this might be the best bullpen that Andrew Friedman has put together in his time as the president of baseball ops with the Dodgers um I, I, I'm not even sketched out about this bullpen right now. And the insane thing is they still have arms in the farm to be able to call up in the bullpen. If someone goes down, that's, that's the preposterous thing. We haven't even talked about it yet. And I want to ask you guys, uh, but, but I want to start with Rogers take on it. Speaking of the uh, the Dodgers made a move. They, they traded away AJ Pollock, the, uh, the who's beloved by Dodger fans and went out uh, the Dodgers went out and traded him for Craig uh, Kimbrel, just a straight up deal. And it come to find out, apparently one of the reasons that Kenley didn't sign, up, uh, sign when he did is that number, the dollars that were traded was a part of the reason why uh, apparently Kenley didn't sign. I didn't know that. So, Roger, I'm curious to hear from you, man. How do you feel about that trade? And does it move the needle as far as the bullpen with you, the closing situation? How do you feel about it?
4: I mean, I think it 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 locks up that bullpen. I mean, you know, going in before the Kimbrough trade, there was talk that they didn't really know who was going to close. Was it going to be trying Was it going to be a combined, you know, with Gratterall, kind of just however the game's going, who was going to come in. But now I, we have a, a rock-solid closer, solidified, you know, closer that, you know, that will close games. And, and I know Kimbrough was in Chicago with the White Sox last year, and he kind of struggled, but he was kind of in that, eighth inning role he wasn't accustomed to that when he was with the Cubs he was lights out so now that he's coming he knows like he said you know I know I, I've got the shoes for this position you know and I know I know how to use them so he's ready I think you know he's going to come in you know he had that shaky start you know a couple of spring, spring you know in, in spring but that you know the last game um one two three inning what do you have two strikeouts um he was showing who Kimbrough is you know so I was looking for Mary Hart, you know, I was hoping I would have saw her back there, you know, kind of to get her approval. (laughs) But I mean, I think, I think it's going to, you know, I like the trade, obviously, you know, AJ, you know, was a great clubhouse guy, you know, he was, you know, loved by the city, Um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he gets some more time, you know, with the White Sox and, um, you know, maybe we'll see him in October. So
2: is it me guys, or is there a revisionist history on AJ Pollock? Don't you guys remember the first year he was here and every Dodger fan hated him because he struggled in the playoffs and now he gets traded away and every Dodger fan all of a sudden is acting like they just traded away Piazza. It
4: it was the same thing with Kelly. I mean, it's kind of, it's what, what did you do for me lately? And as as time went on, I think AJ Pollock showed who the type of player he was. And that's kind of why he, which is
2: a very streaky player.
3: Maybe it's the way fans want to perceive a player he's a strong leader he's older we like our veteran guys we like, i feel like maybe we give them attributes as if the leadership means more than what they did on the field yeah and joe kelly's beloved because he's the only one that went after the astros so he could do no wrong forever in dodger fans hearts so those two reasons supersede their numbers you know what i'm saying like yeah but he still <laughs>
2: broke hanley's ribs and if he didn't break hanley's ribs know, that series might have been different no am i the only one that remembers these things happened and these dodger fans had these opinions i believe the he-
1: uh the, the descriptor <laughs> the descriptor for you juan correct me if i'm wrong guys is petty uh juan is being petty
2: no i'm just saying like it, 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 am I not remembering this correctly? Did, I think, not, I did think, Dodger fans what? not complain about AJ Paul? I think the Tom Needle fewer
4: injury has caused yes, a, the some damage. It's has the caused trauma. a lot of trauma to Juan.
2: Juan. Juan
1: has I mean, for those of you that, I mean, if you haven't nearn, learned by now, I mean, Jesus anytime that you bring up Tom Neaton fear, it's, it's more, it's, you're bringing up, uh, do you want to talk revisionist history? Let's talk about Tom Fear. Uh,
2: I, I, exactly. All I'm saying is just be honest. I'm honest. The fact that Tom Neaton fear broke me, right? I'm not sitting here telling everybody Tom Neaton fear was great. Wasn't he so great with the Dodgers? Why are even you taking he, this so personally is what I want to know. All I'm just saying is just own it. Just be like, Hey, you know what, dude? Yeah. Pollock sucked. Like Alicia just described it. Yeah. He sucked in the beginning, but he grown on it. He, grew on me but pollock gets traded and all of a sudden oh friedman is trash what is he doing that that guy's gonna hurt us even though he was probably gonna hit i think alonzo had said it he was probably Uh, gonna bat ninth yeah but truthfully with pollock for me
1: pollock was more vile i mean he had some hits he had some big hits he stepped up when he needed to felt bad for the guy because even from his arizona days dude had the freakiest injuries that no one ever had. Yeah, yeah. So, so for that, I felt terrible for him, right? But I, I think a lot of it was he was embraced during that COVID year because of all the stuff that happened with his family, his contribution with the Dodgers for the, during, during the World Series, obviously had a stellar year last year and everyone saw the potential, right? And now, you know, you, you lose Kenley, who's another beloved Dodger figure, but there wasn't as much fan for either as that happened.
2: You know, everyone's bummed. Well, but at watch, the same when, time, when Kenley comes back... When he's when he comes back to Dodger Stadium, everyone's going to give him a standing ovation. And right. It's going to be a love fest, which is right. great for for Kentley. And except everyone, for everyone, everyone is going to forget that we booed him and everybody made such a big deal that we booed him. So uh, that's all I'm saying is just own up to it. Just own up to it. It's OK to change your opinion. You don't have to have the same opinion all the time, but just own up to it that you had a different opinion. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. I mean, right.
1: what do you say to that, Alicia?
3: I cannot speak for all Dodger fans, but I don't I do not equate the trade of AJ Pollock with Piazza. That was felt more AJ Pollock's more just again, Dodger fans were spoiled and we are petty and they do boo too much. They because I don't ever boo, but I don't I was not heartbroken. I don't want to be lumped in with the people, Juan and Alonso, that you guys say were. Upset with AJ Pollock being traded. I don't, I was not upset, and we need a closer, so I get the business side of that. I'm yeah. not that emotional when it comes to what we need. Um, Joe Kelly, I was bummed, but again, not for his performance on the field, more because. When he put the Dodger jersey on, and he's from LA, and yes, I conveniently forgot what he did to Henley's ribs, um, I embraced him and I gave him the props for throwing at the Astros and for being the only one. You know, he's like a, a maverick that way, right? Like that's entertainment. He's entertaining, whereas a lot of baseball players are very stoic, very, we don't say much. You know, they, they end up being like Corey Seegers, where they don't say anything. So I embrace the ones that are allowed to have character, a uh, personality, and so yeah, I was I was more bummed at Joe Kelly than actually AJ Pollock. So thing, do the,
2: the, we do we still have an embargo on points? Yes. Because sir. if the embargo is off, I have to give Babyface a point because Babyface called this. He said after Joe Kelly threw at Correa, and then the mariachi jacket.
3: Oh, Babyface
2: yeah. said that Joe Kelly's gonna be remembered as this
4: great Dodger, even though if you look at his numbers, it doesn't support it, right? Oh, he's he's I, I mean he was a pretty mediocre pitcher for the Dodgers. He wasn't this super all-star. He, he was you know pretty mediocre pitcher. He's a but cult he is, figure. Yeah he exactly he's he's beloved now for you know I the Mediachi thing and and the, the Correa thing. You know he would never buy you know another another dinner in LA, you know, cause he's Joe Kelly. Now he's, that's not true. Unless
1: Juan Ramirez is there, he will now buy him dinner. He, and it, he's on, that's on record now.
4: I will buy him and
2: I'll
1: say this one's for Henley.
3: I was going to say he's going <laughs> to come after him. And this say, one's for Henley.
1: <laughs> no. And, and here's the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't bummed or sad about the AJ Pollock thing. Cause at the end of the day, to Alicia's point, it's a business. When you look at the roster as to who they were going to move, if it was going to be a major league player, the only two guys that stood out to me that they were going to move on from were either A.J. Pollock or Gavin Lux. And the reason I say Gavin Lux is because he doesn't really have an everyday position, right? They're still trying to find a spot for him, but those are the two guys that have value. A.J. Pollock, if he would have, I bet you, if he could have played an infield position,
2: probably would still be a Dodger. But, but you know what, Alonto, The one thing that I do find interesting is that they leaked that they wanted to trade him for prospects. Yeah, They didn't want Kimbrell. So it looked like really what they were trying to do is a salary dump.
1: Yeah, and and again, that's where the Kenley component comes into play, right? So, and we talked about it. For me, it still sounds like the reason Kenley did not resign with the Dodgers, it's a money thing. And I can appreciate that and understand that because even after Freddie Freeman's acquired, even after you move on from A.J. Pollock, that lineup is still insane on paper. So you, you still have that, and that's where the Dodgers are right now. To, to Alicia's point again about being spoiled, the Dodgers are still so deep that they can make moves like that and move you know a, a perennial you know all MLB position guy and go out and get somebody else. And that's just where the Dodgers are currently. So for me, that sucks. You know because he's a great guy. That dude would have been your nine hitter probably, and you moved on and you improve your bullpen situation. So for me, again, Andrew Friedman has has done nothing but show that he's willing to make the moves as long as ownership's cool with it. And I think this is the best bullpen they've had during his tenure. That might be bold of me to say or a hot take, but this
2: still might be the best bullpen they've ever had. So am I just being a Cassandra in the sense, in the sense that Dave Roberts admitted that chasing the giants last year, gassed them when they got to the playoffs. So none of you guys are concerned that if they get off to a slow start, that they're going to have to use that energy to chase down. What if the pod show pods and the giants get off to a good start and the Dodgers are already chasing, or is it that the fact that there is an extended playoff now change things?
1: Uh, the extended playoff changes everything. Cause I mean, you, you can still get in as a wild card of a wild card and still have a chance to, to make a run. Cause at the end of the day, and, and I know Alicia knows this too from her years of covering sports with baseball, if you're hot at the right time, that's all you need to be. Yeah. Look at the Nationals in 2019; they they had no business playing the Dodgers, right? Well, they came into the ravine and smoked them. So it's you. you as as long as you get that lightning in a bottle at the right time, that's all that matters, right, Alicia?
3: Yes. So I was trying to get there when I brought up Dustin May. I really, I agree with both of you, all of you, that it's going to be a slow start. But I also know it's a long season, and we just have to get to the second half. Because that's when I want to get on fire. Anyway, I want the Dodgers to light up. Later, I'm not going to cry if you know we blow some seasons while we season. We blow some series while they are figuring things out. I mean, that's why they're paid the big bucks. They will figure it out. We are the Dodgers. You know, again, we're used to going to the playoffs. We're we're even used to being in the World Series now. And and Vegas says we're going to be there. Dave Roberts says we're going to be there. Uh, I sat by a 40 something year uh, season ticket holder. And his takes were really, you know, I like, I was listening to him, talking to him and he's saying things like, this is the year, I feel it. And he felt it the years that we went to the world series. And he goes, I feel it again. Like, like he's a, you know, a a brujo. Like he was telling us, this is a brujo. This is gonna be our season, watch. We're gonna be back in the world series. So I like that. I like focusing on. We're gonna get there. Let's not panic. Um, we're built right for the long run. As long as there's no injuries, and and I we just got to get to the second half when Dustin May comes back, and everything should be okay. That's my and, opinion.
4: and
1: truthfully, they are built for the long run. I yeah. mean, because they. I mean, I've I've told you this before. One, <laughs> even before Alicia was here. In my opinion, in order to make a run in the postseason you have to have three starters. Right now, they have three starters. There's a lot of teams that you look around that are favorites to do this, that, or the other that do not have three starters. So the Dodgers are already up there. And really, if you're going to nitpick at this team and really the only problem is the back end of the rotation when you have that bullpen, if that dude goes out and does two and a third or two and two, you know, whatever the case may be, you still have your insane bullpen because Walker Beeler's going to eat innings. Julio Diaz is going to eat innings. Clayton Kershaw is going to eat innings. And then if Trevor Bauer comes back, Trevor Bauer is going to eat innings. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the yin and yang to it all. And then let's not forget too. That lineup is insane. I mean, if that lineup can get going and clay, I mean, right as a as of right now, Clay Bellinger or Cody Bellinger, excuse me, uh, apologies to clay uh, is probably your seven, eight. Hitter.
3: Yeah,
2: that's insane. That's insane. But I mean, let's break down that rotation because when I was on the Ring the Bell podcast, I said the Dodgers have the third best rotation in the division. 100%. Let's look at it head head to head, right? Matching up with the Padres, Bueller versus Darvish. I say that's a push. That's do a push. you guys give that to Bueller? That's do a push. Any, I think. Do any of you pick Bueller over Darvish? I think I it's do. a push. Well, I know. I we,
1: well, we know you do, Roger. We, yeah.
2: don't, have, <laughs> we don't. Okay. Have, so Alonzo and I say push. Roger and Alicia go with Bueller. All right. So now let's say Urias is the, is the number 2. Yeah. Urias over Musgrove. Is, is that, that another push or do you give that to Urias?
1: Well, and that, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even think Joe Musgrove is the number 2 starter now. I think it's Sean Manaya. Uh so Manaya
2: is the number 2. So Manaya then Urias versus yeah. Urias. Urias. I, I Urias think, there?
1: I think Urias has the edge over Manaya.
2: Okay. Babyface? Julio. Alicia
3: same
0: okay
3: he's got one year to show how badass he is right yeah only got one year left with the dodgers officially so i he's gonna treat this season he even lost a bunch he's all fit too i feel like he's gonna really show up and be like mentally ready to dominate and if he doesn't even any kind of have any kind of season like last season it's urias for sure
2: okay well, so- and,
1: and by the way before i forget uh i don't i think it was juan on twitter was asking about Julio Diaz uh, doing winning twenty games again. I think he's going to win twenty games again, and I think it's going to be pretty
2: pretty pedestrian. I do. All right, so now we have Kershaw versus what Blake
3: Snell.
0: Uh, is, is, yeah, is Blake Snell. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, well, yeah, Blake Snell. Yeah,
2: or Joe Musgrove. Or Musgra. Is I mean, is that a push? I mean, I, you know what Snell does against the Dodgers. It's what right. Snell does against the rest of the league that is is a little different.
1: I, I, my, my only issue with uh, with Snell last year is he had an ERA of 420 over like 120 something innings. Uh, even Kershaw, when he's not feeling it, doesn't do that. So I, Kershaw,
2: Kershaw, Damien.
4: Babyface, the Hall of Famer.
2: All right. And Alicia?
3: Same, our ace.
2: Okay. So now just, uh, I mean, Musgrove versus uh, Heaney. And if you say Heaney, babyface, (laughs) that uh, you are. uh, I mean, uh, we don't have to waste time right there. So that's Musgrove. All right. So their fifth guy. Clevenger. Is Clevenger over the Catman. And if you say Catman, babyface. (laughs) Swear to God.
1: Swear (laughs) to God. Uh, it, no, it's Clevenger. I mean, even though he's likely to start the season on the IL, I mean,
4: Clevenger's coming back from injury, too. So we don't know what what Clevenger is. But I still
1: well. I even even if Clevenger wasn't coming back from injury, I would still say Garrett Clevenger. So Mike Clevenger say then
2: that the Dodgers have the edge over the show pods or is it a push? It's in the I rotation? think it,
1: it right now. It's 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 a slight
2: edge only because of who your three guys are with the Dodgers. Now, Bauer does change that. If Bauer 100%. comes back, Bauer does change that. Yes. But the Giants have Logan Webb, the R- Rendon, uh, they have Alex Wood. Who, who are the other two starters? Uh, they have
1: – I'm pulling it up right now. They I have apologize. a very Logan solid five. Logan Webb, Discalfini, uh, this, yeah.
2: Discalfini Webb, uh, and Cobb, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they have a very solid five. They do. So – They, the Dodgers are dependent on Bauer coming back. I mean, I I feel the fact that they have gotten all these projects, Heaney and Anderson, it's because they know that Bauer is coming back. I don't think the Dodgers are going to cut Bauer. I mean, I still, I I mean,
1: I've heard the rumblings on the internet and I have made my kind of conclusion. The reason I don't think that they've made a move for a starting pitcher that they easily could have is because I think they think Trevor Bauer is
4: coming back. Yeah. Babyface, do you think that's why they're not making those moves? Yeah, I think Bauer. I still think Bauer comes back, and then from what we saw last night with, um, you know, with Miller. I think I think Miller is going to be in that rotation probably after the All Star break.
3: Yeah, late. Ah, hot
2: take. Hot take.
4: No, I mean he. The way he was pitching last night, man. I mean that's that's a big
1: league pitcher. The the one thing I will say about the Giants that uh that uh kind of sticks out. Anthony DiScalfini, although a big-time pitcher, not great ERA. And that is kind of the run of the, the mill for their you know top five starters, 3.46, 3.47, 4.33, 3.91. Their whip is all in the ones. So it's it, it's it's they may give singles and single bombs and all that jazz, and that's why their ERAs may be a little bit inflated. But the Giants are legit, dude. I still think that they're the dark horse, if you will, quote-unquote, in the NL West because the Dodgers are the favorites. But I, like we said, I don't think they're even close, the Padres are, to being better than the Giants. Not, And they may have names on the roster, but the Giants are so good at them. No. And they always play the Dodgers hard. And that's why Max Muncy even said after that series, they were gassed. But it's it's just the Giants, man. And then you throw in the, the Farhan component. Farhan's you doing exactly what Andrew Friedman's
4: doing. Think, so, you think Crawford's going to have another insane year again? There's no more posing. That,
2: that's that's my big uh, question mark with the Giants is offensively, are they going to be able to keep the same production that they Belt. got last year? So
1: I've said this before, much to to Roger's chagrin. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt are baseball players, and I'm I'm fully expecting them to just go into it like they did last year. Nothing's changed because they're 35 and 36 respectively, and still playing at a high level. That's what I fully expect them to do.
2: So where's Bobby Miller starting?
1: That's a good question, man. I mean, it all depends too on what. I mean, you know what? What
2: was he last year? Where did he end up last year? Last was year
4: he, he ended up. Was he in a, single lane? I think was he. I think he was going to Tulsa.
2: I thought. I, I thought he ended in Tulsa,
1: but let me double check. I honestly so, don't
4: know. I mean, I know. Look, I kept
2: seeing these all over social media. Yeah. Yeah. The twenty twenty. The 2023 bull uh starting rotation for the Dodgers, Bueller, uh, Urias, Dustin May, uh, Bobby Miller, and who was the fifth guy? Was it and Pepio? You got
4: Pepio? Pepio, and then you got uh Landon Knack coming up. But that's Pepio a, that's a... Didn't, I don't think
2: Pepio looked good in spring training,
4: yeah, he, he looked a little shaky. And then when
2: they moved him up last year, he got rocked.
3: Well, I mean. Bueller didn't have a good spring training, but again, he was messing with his pitches, right? He was working on a switch up and stuff. And he if by messing his- with his
2: pitches, you mean throwing it right down the middle so the angels could hit home runs. <laughs> he,
3: then, did, yeah. or he said that he was working on his changeup. So,
2: well, th- that would explain why the pitches were right down the middle because I was at that game and I was at Disneyland to watch that game. And That's why I saw lost. I saw them all hit balls into Big Thunder Mountain out there, and it was not fun. It was not fun.
3: Is that why Babyface asked if I was going to jinx the Dodgers the way you did?
2: Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I'm a jinx because Bueller yes. decides to throw everything right down the middle. Uh, you know? And by the Don't way, call he, you uh, know,
3: mush. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Eddie Mush over here. He pitched uh, in single A plus and
1: double A in his first season in the minors last year. So let's not forget that either. That was last year. Was his first season in the minors.
2: Well, that's why I think. I mean, the expectations I get is by the end of of this year. But I still think that. I mean, the Dodgers. I feel have always been very conservative with their pitchers. I don't know if they're going to rush them, considering they have Danny Duffy, they Betances, they have all these guys that are basically going to use the first half of the season to rehab. Right. That will be available. I mean, I don't think so. Did we decide what the pronunciation is? Is it Conley or is it Canely? Canley, I think, is what it
4: is. I because think it, I don't think Canley's going to start the the year. I mean, He looked good last night. He's going to he's he's going to go to to the minor league, minor league stints. He should be up at the end of the month. Yeah. So yeah. to Alonzo's point, you're right, dude. The bullpen looks loaded.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be a numbers game unless there's injuries. I don't know if Bobby Miller gets called up this year, but Bobby Miller next year, I think you guys are right. I think he's in play. Well, and, and just so we were aware, I mean, obviously,
1: you just take this at face value, MLB.com's prospects has changed the ETA to this year for Bobby Miller. So yeah. it's, and same with Michael Bush. So, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously things change. I mean, Miguel Vargas, a friend of the Carnesada, It's starting in AAA, which I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, if someone gets hurt or whatever the case may be, or even just because ends up, you know, at the show in the show because he can play. So it's, I mean, that's the thing with the Dodgers, man. They're loaded. We're spoiled. Alicia said it a bunch. We've said it a bunch. We're, We're spoiled. At the end of the day, the future looks bright. But for this year, the rotation still has those questions, right? I still think the Dodgers win the NL West. I, I I'm going to go on record and say that. I'm so you want to get into our predictions right now? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right, all right. Um, I think they're going to win the NL West, and I think they're going to win the pennant, and I think they will play the Tampa Bay Rays in, in in the World Series. That's my prediction for 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 baseball.
2: Go ahead, Alicia. I have not,
3: I have not finalized who I think we're going to see in the World Series. I have I have been a, a Laker survivor. <laughs> uh few. Don't, this don't get me
1: started on that, Alicia, please. I'm I'm still and recovering.
3: Attending LAFC games. So I've not watched enough of everyone else. I've not looked at everyone else. So Alicia's I Alicia's
2: going to give us her picks at the end of the year. Yeah. And say, see, I
3: told <laughs> you guys. I, you. I, I, I knew I, I knew
1: that the Milwaukee Brewers were going to win it all. <laughs> yeah. I knew it in January and February I and mean, April.
3: I I agree on the on the West the pennant, and we will be in the World Series. I just don't know who we're going to see. That's all I'm saying. Who We're going to be
2: Roger, I I was on record uh, at the Believe uh, Dodgers-White Sox World Series, but I don't think the Dodgers are going to win the division. I do think they're going to win the pennant, but I got the Dodgers and the White Sox in the World Series with the Dodgers winning in five.
1: Roger?
4: I think the Dodgers win the division and the pennant. And I don't know how this is going to happen, but somehow they're going to play the Dodgers in the World Series. I'm going to change my pick from the White Sox <laughs> to Dodgers versus Dodgers in the World Series.
1: Let me tell you what I'm not surprised about that <laughs> that pick right there. Wait, um, who, do think,
3: who do you think MLB wants to see? I mean, because a the lot Dodgers of Dodgers and
4: the
1: Yankees. Yeah, I was going to say the Dodgers and the <laughs> Yankees. I mean, those are the, their two biggest markets, so that's well, where. How they, are
3: the Yankees looking though? I haven't watched or I know a lot of guys have left. I can't tell you who their who their prospects are. Well, they they're, they're in a tough division.
1: <laughs> they they're not only are they in a tough division but Brian Cashman, what the hell are you doing, bro? Like yeah. they they can't even get Aaron Judge you know situated. So it's Yeah. They they I mean the 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 Yankees' uh, turmoil is uh, is very real. I mean they're I personally don't think the Yankees
2: make the postseason. Well, not only that, but they play in a division where they're going to have to play Toronto yep. nine times. In a country that, if the players aren't vaccinated, they're not they going to let them play. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of teams going to Toronto that will be shorthanded, which is going to be very interesting because the Blue Jays are loaded up. Yeah, they do. I mean the do the Blue Jays made made moves, mm-hmm. so that that division is going to be very very interesting. And in my
1: in my personal pick to win the AL East is uh, is the Rays. I mean, I I that's to, uh, ultimately I mean they're quietly going to do what the Rays do. Yeah. and and just do that. The Blue Jays, though, man, the Blue Jays are good. I, if you haven't paid attention to anything, Alicia, the one thing I will say, the Blue Jays are scary. They they have loaded up and good on them. I mean, the way they went about this offseason was fantastic.
3: I think I read that today, actually. Or One of their stars is projected to win the MVP of someone on the Blue Jays. And
1: again, that was todos. <laughs> it's, they're, they're so good. It's probably Vlad, right? Probably baby yes, Vlad, yeah. There you
3: go. There you go. Sorry. But I mean you
1: still but you have Biggio's kid. I mean you have uh uh oh what's his name? His name oh. is escaping me. Thank you. Bobachet. Um I mean the- Boba Fett.
0: Where?
2: Whoa, I,
3: don't <laughs> Whoa.
1: I mean that the the AOE is gonna be interesting too because the Red Sox went out and made some moves, but then their pitching's kind of suspect. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see how they're gonna go about it. And then to add insult to injury, Chris Sale went on the 60-day IL for a fractured rib. Poor guy cannot catch a break. If it isn't his arm, it's his ribs. If it's not his ribs, it's his arm.
2: Well, this is why I think the Dodgers are in good shape because – and this is why I don't think they're going to win the division because they're going to get off to that slow start. Right. But if they get healthy by the second half, mm-hmm. those starters with the bullpen they have, you could um, – you in best-case scenario, you want them to go six innings. Right. But technically, you could have them go five innings – and you got four relievers that can shut down those. I mean, it's going to get to a point where if the Dodgers have the lead after the fifth inning, they're going to be looking really, really good. It's going to look like I think the year the Royals won the World Series, remember when they had that bullpen? That yes. Just if the Royals had a lead going in late, there was nothing you could do about
1: it. Wade Davis, Kelvin Herrera, yeah. like that. Exactly. I mean, and then that rotation was filthy too. Uh, your, RIP Jordano Ventura, but I mean, they, I mean, that that team was loaded. Uh, moving on to the AL Central, I think the Twins are going to win that division. Sorry, Juan, my bad. But I think it's just because the Twins just went out and made the moves, man. I mean, they, they were, you know, aggressive. They've made some trades. They've, they've made some moves. Did, and did uh, you hear
4: the rumor, the other rumor? They're in on Paddock. I have yeah, heard that rumor for Paddock. So yeah. we we'll see if that, and you know down.
1: what? If they, if again, they're being aggressive
2: and if, and that's, That's that's something that the twins don't really do. Look, it's not like I had this love for the White Sox. You know how I feel about Tony La He's in my fight club. Yes. You know, so the last thing I want is to see the White Sox win. But I just think uh, that lineup and and some of those uh, that pitching said that bullpen, I think will be enough to carry him through that that league. And surprisingly,
1: we all agree that the Angels are going to win the AOS. I don't know how we came to that conclusion because we've never discussed this, but I also know Roger hates the Astros. Um, but, I mean, the A's aren't going to do a damn thing. The Rangers are – I don't know. You know, the Rangers could be good. I mean, it's it's hard to say with them because the – I, I don't think made.
2: Babyface wants the Rangers to be good because no. if the Rangers are good, that's where Kershaw's going next yes. year. Well, and, and, and oh, I mean – No. <laughs> But the the Mariners baby so, face called it. He did. I have to give him his due on that.
1: No, and I mean, and truthfully, you know, Clayton Kershaw was transparent and open about it, and that was cool to hear. But at the same time, as a Dodgers fan, that's kind of like, that that sucks. That's you know, that's pulling at your heartstrings a little bit. But you got to do what you got to do. I still think though that the Mariners are going to be the dark horse in the AL West. I, I I don't know how how under the radar they've they've pulled off all the moves that they've pulled. I I didn't say this yet when we recorded with the. Uh, the uh, ring the bell guys. But I think the best move that the Mariners did was not re-signing Kyle Seager because that opened the doors for money to be spent in other spots for them to acquire guys and look at them now. And now they, they very well could also beat the angels. Cause I mean, with the angels too, let's be honest, you don't know what you're going to get. They on paper, they're good, but it'd be nice to see trout back in the playoffs Shohei in the playoffs, you know, you see Shohei everywhere, just not in the playoffs. And that's, that's the one knock on the angels. Right. So, but they have all the pieces right now to get back to the postseason, and uh, and, and they've quietly done it as well since they didn't really make any splash moves aside from signing Thor this year. But, uh, but what do you guys think on the AOS?
2: I mean, I, I hear all that love of the Mariners. I, I, I think the Angels, with that lineup, they're gonna have if Anthony Rendon stays healthy, they have him. If Otani stays healthy, I mean, look, I, I was there on Friday. He smoked one over the right field wall and he made it look easy. And he was facing Walker Bueller when he did it. So not I, just anyone either. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that kid, that guy, I, I don't know if we really give him enough credit for what he did. I know it was one season, but if Otani goes and repeats, even comes close to what he did last year, I mean, that that's insane it's insane to see a guy hit for that, uh, that power and also pitch. I mean, the guy throws, he throws in the high nineties. Yeah. So
1: Alicia, I know you haven't seen much, but you were on assignment to watch them play the uh, the angels of Los Angeles of Anaheim of orange County <laughs> uh, at, a, at Dodger stadium. Uh, what did you see? And what do you think?
3: Again, I saw Bobby Miller smoke Otani, a <laughs> hundred miles per hour and did it with swagger and maturity. And I think we're going to see him later in the season, just like you guys mentioned. Actually, if you guys want
2: to join the Bobby Miller chapter appreciation, Alicia (laughs) is the president, so... They meet meet on Tuesdays.
3: I could be be excited about... I was excited about Dustin May when I saw him in spring training. I love... Again, I just... I like the entertainment aspect of baseball players, especially because I know the MLB took years to let the players be themselves to show some personality. So I'm like that cheerleader. Like, yes, show us what you got. You know, a so great- what
2: personality did you see in Bobby Miller last night? That I made you- he
3: was like, like a I, do they still say beast mode? Was that like a Matt Kemp thing? I don't know. But no, he should- was just an angry
4: focused- dude. Miller has a little focused. bit of Walker Bueller in
3: him. He, he has a little bit of Bueller. <laughs> Walker Bueller did, um, it didn't do well. He, he had a reason for it. Um, I want to see Walker really zone in as well too, though, because he's a competitor and he too played college baseball, just like Bobby Miller. So like, I just feel like all everything is in alignment where we aren't going to be hurting. If we do start slow, we already agreed to that. Now the only two teams that I've heard my father, when we're sitting at the game, He did talk about the Blue Jays and he did talk about the Angels. And this is kind of a sore point with our family, how Artie Moreno is the only Latino owner and he's not been the best owner. And my dad was very proud as a lifelong Dodger fan. He was giving props to the Angels, saying that they made some good moves, that we should watch the Angels. So I'm right there with you guys from the little bit that I've been able to watch and discuss. And this is my dad's prediction is the angels. So I'm going to stick with, with the Dalva clan and, and, go with the angels.
1: <laughs> hey, loyalty's loyalty is
3: mm-hmm. loyalty.
1: Uh, real quick. We'll just run through the NL real quick. I think the Braves won the NL East uh, NL central uh, let's flip a coin. Cause I mean, it, it could be the Cardinals. It should be the Cardinals, but the brewers are pretty good. Um, and then out here, I mean, the, we already talked about as the Dodgers, not even close. Uh, what about you, Juan?
2: No, I, I agree with you. I think the Braves win the the East. Uh, I th- I think I'm going with the Cardinals. Uh, I think the Brewers, unless they make moves to get some more offense in there, uh, I, I think the Cardinals have both offense and and they have Theo. You know, Theo is going to be on his retirement tour. Well, not not even just Theo, Yadi. Yeah. Oh, they have two players on their retirement tour, and, and Wainwright, and and Wainwright. Oh, I thought Wayne
1: White, I thought he retired
2: last year. He he came back. One
1: more. He year. came back
2: for one more. Oh, one more year.
1: Yeah. I so I mean he if he's quite I mean I I don't I'm not surprised there because Adams not a loud guy, but um but I yeah I mean you got three three of your legends more or less.
2: That division to me is interesting because you basically have three teams that I think are not trying so it's by default it's the cardinals and the brewers uh, i think that are going to win that i mean i don't know what the reds are doing the pirates are the pirates and i, I think even the cubs are tanking which is is, is unfortunate and so i, I think you're probably going to get three teams from the nl west that that are going to get into the playoffs
1: well and, and I, to your point about the cubs i I don't even think, kind of like the Yankees, I don't even think the Cubs know what the hell they're doing, man. Because, like, some of the moves that they've made in this offseason, you're just like, what? And truthfully, with what Chris Bryant got, speaking of what the hell, um, Chris Bryant probably could have re-signed with the Cubs for that amount because it wasn't, like, an absurd amount of money uh, when you kind of look at it in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. But the Brewers, listen, the Brewers on paper still look good. Just the issue with them, like you said, they're probably going to have some offensive issues. That they might have to address at the deadline, and if they don't, then it should be it should be the Cardinals. But crazy things have happened, right? Exactly. Well, Alicia, um, I was going to
3: Are we allowed to say that Major League Baseball teams tank? I think you need to like.
1: Oh so- no! We yeah we're 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 uh <laughs> we are we are ad.
3: I'm kidding. We, I'm kidding. We, I'm we, kidding. <laughs> uh, we just got that. an
2: email. Rob Manfred is never coming on our show now yeah. because of that comment. But we've said this before, man. I mean, the Pirates
1: had Joe Musgrove. They had all these guys, right? And yeah. they just were like, nah, we're not feeling it. And they still had years before they were going to pay them. Exactly. Years. And they moved on from them. So, the, yeah, they, I mean, the, the Pirates are the classic example of tanking. And then you throw in those other teams in that division, and they're kind of doing the same thing, just not as obvious as the Pirates. I mean, the Reds, what the hell are the Reds doing? They just traded away Sonny Gray. Exactly. Obviously, they didn't re-sign Trevor Bauer. Uh, they moved on from Nick Castellanos, and you know, um, um, you know Amir Garrett. They traded him. So I mean, they have all these guys that they they actually have aside from Joey Votto. They have you know all these guys
2: that uh, that can ball, and now they don't. So I, I think the most egregious and most offensive thing is what the Oakland A's did. I, oh, 100%. I, for them to raise ticket prices, and you know, we didn't get into this, and maybe we can get into it on another episode but do you know who has the highest average ticket price in major league baseball, the Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So take that uh, as a, uh, as a parting shot, folks, Uh, we're going to be spending a lot of money to go to Dodger games this year.
3: We are the entertainment capital of the world. When you go to a Dodger game, you don't just get Damn good baseball. You get an experience. So That's
2: right. I get to spend an hour in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, you know. So in the it, most what?
3: beautiful weather, the most the cutest fans. You get mariachis, you get authentic-ish food. I you get better food here than a lot of ballparks I've been to. 100%.
1: 100%. Uh,
3: you're getting views, you're getting vibes, you're getting what like 70,000 people all enjoying each other's company that's that doesn't happen very often in fact you guys were talking about tampa bay i mean
2: don't get me started on that place
3: there are no fans (laughs) that go to their games so i just feel really bad like
2: it's because the games are past their bedtime alicia what do you want from them and then it also conflicts with the early bird specials so you can't you can't you can't it's one of the you can't have you know and then how many denny's are by the stadium that's just competing against yourself
3: yeah. Again, when you go to a Dodger game, you're getting an experience. That's all I'm saying. Well, and, and I'll those say of this. you
2: that are wondering why we have Alicia on the show, that was the perfect example of why we have <laughs> Alicia on the <this> show. <laughs> well, to try to counter the energy that we bring, and I'm cool no, with. pain. I paying. won't
3: bring up how they went. Uh, they raised all the prices on the micheladas and, and oh, yeah. the drinks. But here's the thing: the tequila. They, they. Yeah, they,
2: yeah. yeah. No, I uh, agree does. with you. What
3: the- I'm going to write a strongly worded letter.
2: Because- is, we, oh, have our first, we have our first Alicia, La Lista de Alicia. Yeah. What is the, what's the first thing on La Lista de Alicia?
3: Uh, bring back some high-end tequila. Give us choices, you know, especially if you're going to raise the prices for a blue margarita. It's like, wait, what? And I again, I don't want anyone to come after me from the tequilas that are there. Right. I'm I got used to a certain level of tequila, (laughs) and I know we're gonna pay when we go to the game. You just eat it, and we only have a couple, so we're not burning holes in our wallets. However, to raise the prices and yet lower the quality of tequila is kind of, kind of disrespect. It's rude. It's just rude.
2: (laughs) There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the our first edition of La Lista de Alicia. More to come throughout the season. Continue listening
3: about tequila.
2: <laughs> hey, this is Max Muncy, and you're listening to the
1: Bleed
0: Lows podcast.
1: And uh joining us to uh to preview some of the stuff with the uh the opening series with the Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies, friend of the Gunassada, Brian Kilpatrick. Brian, what's going on in Rockies world? What can you tell us uh, looking ahead into that opening series?
0: Kind of is I don't think there's a weirder team in baseball, for sure. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so that's the best way to sum up the Rockies.
1: What uh? What do you kind of make of their offseason and uh, where do you see their chances now in the NL West that, I mean, it's it's kind of been given to the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres, and obviously the Rockies have already been eliminated from postseason contention. So how, how do you kind of surmise all that?
0: Well, they're acting like they want to contend and maybe think they can contend, right? Like, and you know, you look at the Padres, just how awful their finish to the season was. You look at kind of, has there ever been a flukier hundred and seven hundred and eight game winner in baseball history than the giants last year (laughs) so i see it kind of it might sound crazy i've thought about this a lot obviously i've written about it a lot i've talked about it a lot i've tweeted about it a lot um i can see why the rockies think that if everything goes right they can stay in it that with the extra playoff spot all that kind of stuff so I get it, and when you look at what they've done this off season, independent of everything that led up to it, so taking Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story and John Gray out of the equation, they had a good off season. Um, so, but unfortunately, you can't just ignore those other moves. So that's what makes them such a weird, strange enig- enigma of a team who. No one in the industry knows exactly what the hell the Rockies are doing, but at the same time, everyone's like, well, give them props for trying, I guess. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's bizarre.
2: <laughs> hey, Brian, so what is the reaction from the fan base there? I mean, are they actually excited uh, about this Rockies
0: team? No, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but the fan base as a whole is very just they're over it as far as the owner is concerned he's just he's not shown the willingness to want to put a competitive product out on the field and you know you can say all you want like big market versus small market disparity well first of all Denver's not a small market um the rockies draw what year in and year out they're what top five top six in attendance in baseball and of course it's not all about that it's about tv money as well but like the rockies make plenty of money And the Rockies, um, the Rockies are in a situation where they could spend more to key players. And they have spent money on like, obviously Nolan Arenado, and before him, Troy Tulowitzki, And even back in the day, Todd Helton got a big extension. So like they've shown willingness to hold on to players and spend the money, but then like they sour on these long-term player relationships really quickly and then decide to trade guys out of nowhere. And, People were mad about it as far back as when they did it with Larry Walker. And then they got mad about it again when they did it with Troy Tulowitzki. And then once they traded Nolan Arenado, people were like, okay, that's, that's enough. We're, we're tired of this. We're tired of this owner. We're tired of this situation. So it's going to be an uphill battle to get fans back in the good graces and to get them excited again. Um, Signing Chris Bryant is just, you know, that's a, that's a small piece of what they need to do to earn the fans' trust back. And I find that really
2: fascinating because out here we always say, regardless of whether the Dodgers are good or bad, they're going to draw 3 million fans. Mm-hmm. That stadium is a beautiful stadium in, in, yeah. in Colorado, and it's a big stadium. It yeah. seats a lot of people. If the fans are fed up with them, they still why do they still show up? Is it just because they want to
0: do something in the summer? I've talked with Alonzo about this and it's at this point, Denver's a transplant city. So when they play the Dodgers, there's more Dodgers fans than Rockies fans. When they play the Giants, there's probably more Giants fans. Uh, Lots of people have migrated from the Midwest to Denver. So Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Astros, you play any of those teams, like their fans just funnel into Coors Field. And to your point, it's such a great place to go see a game that like, yeah the 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 fans of visiting teams definitely aren't going to miss their chance to go watch their team play in that ballpark and then you do have enough of a solid Rockies fan base to where no matter what you know you're going to get at least 20,000 Rockies fans in there every night which that's not good but at the same time if you compare that with the you know the A's and the Rays and the Pirates and some of those teams I mean they would still draw more than a lot of those other teams even without the visiting fans but the last couple of years, man, that attendance number has been boosted by the visiting fans for sure. Wow! So the Rockies
2: are officially the Los Angeles Chargers of Major League yes. Baseball.
0: God, that's that's a that's good. That's a well, good done. One. well done. Well <laughs> done.
2: And I, and on that, I will pull out George Costanza, and I will leave Alicia
0: on
3: you. <laughs> ouch! <laughs> ouch! Um, well, okay. So I was going to ask about the stadium as well because I've not been fortunate to visit course fill but it looks beautiful on television uh notoriously home run friendly right um i've been to two broncos games and i love denver fans but i have not been to course Field yet. so i was going to ask about the experience because i do know that dodger fans travel well mm-hmm. so even though you kind of already answered my question even <laughs> though it's a rockies opening day home opener how how do you think the vibe is going to be? Will there be a lot of Dodgers fans? Because now I'm thinking maybe I should hop on the plane and get there.
0: Oh, there's going to be a ton <laughs> of Dodgers fans. Opening day, you're probably going to see it, – it'll probably be 60-40 Rockies fans opening day because opening day is like – I mean, it's it's the case in a lot of baseball cities, but in Denver it's like a holiday. So oh. they show up regardless of how good or bad the Rockies are. People show up for opening day – you know it's not even all about baseball it's about spring it's about optimism it's about warm weather it's about you know so
1: but after opening opening
0: day yeah opening day. day is going to be 60 40 rockies fans after opening day it's going to be 60 40 or 70 30 dodgers fans i guarantee you that
3: Wow.
0: but still i mean you know i've i've been to my fair share of ballparks and there's there aren't a lot of better places to watch a game than coors field I went
1: to the series last year there in July. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, it was for sure 70, 30 Dodgers fans. I didn't yeah. I didn't see a single Colorado Rockies cholo wearing a jersey. It was all <laughs> Dodgers guys that were cholos wearing jerseys. Not a single one to be seen.
2: Wait, uh, I, I I went to a Denver series. Has by- <laughs> I do.
1: No, I know they do. I, I, I frequent Denver quite a bit. Not a single local Denver cholo was rocking a Rockies jersey, and that was kind of a bummer.
2: <laughs> i like, I've, been, I've been to the, I went to a series the Dodgers Rockies series the one thing though I cannot get used to is how it rains out of nowhere for 30 minutes and we have a rain delay and it, it like rains it rains hard and then the next thing you know it's a beautiful like purple sky
0: yeah I, I can't count how many times that's happened when I've gone to games out there so many like it does not you're, you're right it dumps for like a half an hour and then all of a sudden you would have no idea that it rained. Yeah, it's uh it's it's bizarre. <laughs> and also so, one of the most beautiful
1: backdrops in baseball, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
0: That, absolutely. Yeah, so, that sunset's hard to beat. Yes. Uh
2: pitching wise, uh, this series, uh, who are the uh, Dodgers gonna see this weekend, Brian, from the from the Rockies uh, perspective?
0: They're they're gonna see Herman Marquez, who is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball. Um, you know, I've heard endless times like people who work for or with other teams speculating how good this guy could be if he didn't pitch half of his games at Coors field um and you guys are familiar i mean you're familiar with marquez he's pitched against the dodgers a lot to yeah I, I feel goals, like he
2: pitches every series yeah, uh, that the dodgers play the rockies
0: to mixed <laughs> results but who has been good against the dodgers in his career and who is going to start on opening day is kyle freeland yeah. um Freeland's first career start was against the Dodgers. I was there. He tossed like six innings of one run ball. Um, He's had, I think, a complete game shutout against the Dodgers in his career. Um, Freeland's actually pitched really well. And I think that's because uh, I don't know this to be sure. I should probably look up the stats, but I feel like whenever the Rockies put a lefty out there, they, they perform generally pretty well against the Dodgers, whereas their righties get torn up and that could just be a gut feeling but i feel like there's probably some statistical evidence behind that
2: no you're, um, i think you're right i mean you could put a left-handed yeah. pitching machine against the dodgers again in the years past and the dodgers have struggled
0: yeah and then yeah and then they're going to see antonio Senzatello as well who had a really good year last year in the rockies rewarded him by giving giving him an extension um him and Freeland both not strikeout pitchers, but they thrive at somehow they thrive at getting soft contact and the Rockies have a really good defensive infield who should be able to take advantage of that. Um, but where things start to bite them is both guys will uh, have a tendency to walk too many people. And at Coors Field base runners are just a terrible idea. So, and the Dodgers, you, I mean, you're not going to find a better lineup at getting on base than the Dodgers. So it's a, uh, The Rockies do have a good rotation, in my opinion, really underrated rotation. They've got Austin Gomber, who they got in the Aronado trade, who pitched really well at times last year when he was healthy. Um, Really good, solid, underrated rotation, but there's not a lot of depth there. And um, they can get themselves in trouble against the better lineups in baseball. So a lot of times they'll kind of thrive off of uh, facing weaker teams um get a lot of you know get a lot of wins against the d-backs and stuff like that um but yeah the the, the better lineups the more patient lineups the ones who aren't going to swing at freeland's and send senzatella's junk and 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 hit into ground balls you know your dodgers your uh, some of your better lineups the braves uh some of the teams they have to play from the american league the astros and whatnot um usually perform pretty well against the Rockies staff
1: and offensively, um, what are we going to see from your Rockies?
0: A better a better overall offense than they've had the last couple of years, believe it or not. Um, I really liked the Randall Gritchett trade. The Rockies had this logjam of just kind of like net negative value players, like replacement level players in the outfield uh, with Rymel Tapia and Garrett Hampson, Sam Hillier, just all these guys who are just kind of, 4A type of players they're able to ship Tapia in exchange for Randall Gritchick who if nothing else is going to hit some dingers especially at Coors Field Um, gives them some much needed power from the right side um, especially losing Trevor Story and Nolan Arnotto over the last couple years so gives them a little bit of power I can imagine him being just a little bit better of an Ian Desmond type where when Desmond was with the Rockies the one thing you could count on from him was hitting some home runs at least so Gritchick will be a little better than that. Um, Chris Bryant, I think, is suited really well for Coors Field. He's going to come in and immediately be better than anyone else on the team at just getting on base. I think that's going to translate to their road games where they really struggle to adapt to the, how the ball moves differently and struggle to get on base. He'll be a little bit better than Trevor Story in that department. So it's kind of a good good trade off there, and he brings an equal amount of power. Um, And then after that, they're really just counting on improvement from Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rogers, some of these players who have flashed some ability offensively, but just haven't quite gotten to the next level yet. Um, And then CJ Crone is back, Charlie Blackman's back, but he's a year older. Um, So it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to envision him doing any better than he has in previous seasons. Um, So yeah, it's a mix of, you got a couple of good new impactful guys and then they're really just counting on some younger players to take a step forward.
2: <clears throat> so who's uh, break some news right here, Brian, who's getting traded at the end of the year to a contender.
0: <laughs> oh, well, nobody, because they never seem to make that trade. Right. I was surprised that they traded Michael Givens last year, um, but they should have traded John Gray. They should have traded Trevor story. They don't make the, the mid-season trades that you should make when teams are desperate and generally part with more, right? right. They don't make those trades. Um, I don't know if Bill Schmidt, the new GM, is going to be any different in that regard. But if the Rockies are struggling and out of it when the deadline comes, one guy to watch for that they could possibly trade is Hermon Marquez. Um, he's their best pitcher, but he's also the one guy who – you could, you could, uh, pillage someone's, you know, at least like the number three through seven players, like prospects in another team's system. You could pillage someone's system pretty good if you traded Herman Marquez because of his, because of how well, um, his pitch profile would work with teams that don't play half their games at Coors Field, and then also his, uh, team control contract situation. Um, so if they're, now they're not going to trade him because it makes too much sense to do that. But if the question is, should they trade someone in that situation? He's a guy who you could, if you're the Rockies and you really do what you should be doing, which is rebuild your farm system. He's a guy you should, you should look to trade. So
2: let, let me add, last one for me. Let, let me ask you this. There's a lot of teams all over baseball that I'm excited to see. There's a lot of players that I'm excited to see. But it just drives me crazy that there are specific teams, the Oakland A's being one of them, that aren't even trying to win. And nothing is going to be done about it. And we just came out of a lockout where we're basically arguing about this. And what's the first thing that happens? The Oakland Athletics do a fire sale.
4: Yeah.
2: Manafort is the one leading these negotiations and goes and spends a ridiculous amount of money on one player
0: but that the, the rest of the team as you're just telling me right now, doesn't seem to be that vastly improved. No. And, and yeah, I mean, maybe there's, I mean, I look, I know that he, I know that Dick Monfort takes these things personally when people say he doesn't want to invest any money into the team and, and that amped up to the next level when, as you said, he's leading the negotiations from MLB's side um, during the labor dispute. So the, the the negative attention he was getting kind of went to the next level so i i think what you're saying is maybe there was a little bit of uh um oh he's trying to make up for some of that negative press by spending a bunch of money but that's the problem is i don't think the the the, the easy and lazy argument to make is that he's cheap and Mm -hmm. and that's not really the case the rockies have spent money um they've just done it really badly, like signing Ian Desmond to a five-year $80 million deal uh, to put him in a position that he's never played before. Um, Chris Bryant, I, I, that contract might be good for a couple of years, but that thing's going to be an albatross later on. So I don't, again, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they're trying, but they've, he's never spent money wisely. All that money he gave a couple years ago to Wade Davis and Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, and, and then, you know, Jake McGee, like, comes and pitches really well for the Dodgers by doing exactly what he should have done with the Rockies, which is just throw nothing but fastballs. They sign him to a huge contract and have him start to throw sliders half the time. It's like, that's not who this guy is. So they've spent money poorly. They've made weird decisions as far as, like, tinkering with guys' repertoires and stuff and how they play. And so there's... But... Again, other than Monfort, pretty much the whole front office has been flipped on its head. So maybe some of these things um, change going forward. And that's, if you're a Rockies fan, that's what you got to hope.
1: Before I throw it to Alicia for one last one, uh, I was curious uh, for you to clarify. Chris Chris Bryant has a full no trade, right?
0: I believe so, yeah. So, so when they yeah, wave it, that
1: and he's traded to the Dodgers, how pissed <laughs> off are you going to be?
0: Do you really want him?
1: No, I, I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> at this point, I'm just poking the bear. But, so, uh but I mean, no, I mean uh, that's. I mean, Nolan Arenado had a no trade, and yeah, I mean, exactly the, that trading, yeah, no you know trade. I no mean? trade clauses
0: don't mean anything when you want to get out and you want to yeah. be yeah. traded, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so. the, that's.
1: A, I mean, all that stuff honestly is in jest. But I mean, that's the, yeah. the irony of the no trade clauses. I mean, is, is that right no one wanted out they found yeah. a suitor and they made it work so i mean that's point being is is with chris bryant when that deal becomes an albatross do you think it'll be a similar situation because the reason i bring that up he, he talked about offseason stuff as far as wanting to continue to win hadn't been anywhere where they hadn't won mm-hmm. and for me it's like so then why did you sign that deal in colorado
0: well i'm gonna tell you right now and this is i i don't know this to be true but i'm pretty sure it's true um so but but speculation. I'm going to call it speculation. This is it's kind of something I've advocated for the Rockies to do in the past because it makes a lot of sense, but Chris Bryant has a World Series trophy. He's put up pretty good numbers to this point in his career where if he can continue to put up good numbers, he may have a Hall of Fame case one day, right? I mean, granted, you know, most like most of his production in terms of like wins above replacement and stuff he put up his first couple of seasons then he had a couple of down years. He was pretty good last year, but like, is there a better place to go to to pad your numbers and you know continue to continue to uh, accumulate um, numbers that might get you in the Hall of Fame one day than Colorado if you're an offensive player? So this is that's kind of what I think he's thinking of from his perspective. I'm not sure he, he's going to say winning's important and he wants to win and right. he thinks he can win in Denver but you and I know better like and so to me that to me it makes sense that he's look he wants to go there he wants to put up some numbers and he wants to cement his legacy as as you know if not a hall of fame player then at least like a hall of really good player you know that course playing at Coors Field gives him a good chance to do that although you know that's not always what it seems on the surface given some of the things that we've learned about Coors Field over the years but that's that's kind of what I think is going on there. Yes,
3: yeah, so I'm glad I wanted to ask about Chris Bryant. So you just gave me a lot of what I was going to ask about because he is new to the Rockies. He is an all-star. When I think of the Rockies, and I mean no disrespect, I just don't think stars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see Rockies jerseys with a star player on the back, or Mm -hmm. so I thought maybe Chris Bryant would be the remedy for that, even for a losing. So yes, so I'm on the right, because you mentioned Marquez. So now I was like, oh, let me, you know, I mean, who, who should the Rockies fans be looking for this year to? I don't know, buy their jerseys and support and and people that are gonna leave California and go to Colorado. Who should they be looking for when they go to the games? Well yeah, there's absolutely nothing
0: wrong with that answer being Chris Bryant. Like he's a good player, he's a good looking guy, he's a star, like everybody, you know. He he's I don't know that he's a household name, but like there's so many Cubs fans, and Chicago's such a big big market, and he was so good there that he's probably a tier below some of those household names. Right. So, um, but you're right. And it's, it's good to hear that perspective from, you know, Dodgers fans or people in bigger markets that like, when you think of the Rockies, you don't think of stars. And look, I've been trying to tell people this for years, the Rockies have had a lot of great players, but for various reasons, either because they trade them and they become stars elsewhere, you know, AKA, like Matt holiday, for instance, or, playing half your games at Coors Field and trying to adjust to that environment and then going out on the road and just constantly having to make that adjustment it's proven to be hell on players bodies so guys who would have been legitimate stars Troy Tulowitzki, I'll argue maybe Carlos Gonzalez um, their time as productive star level players was severely hampered by having to by suiting up for the Rockies for so many years because it's so hard on players bodies um mm. so that kind of yeah, that lends a little perspective to that but yeah there's players to be excited about chris bryant is chris bryant's probably the guy though who you're asking the question about i mean i think that's you know it is exciting he is a star um he's a good player and rockies fans should embrace that and the, the part that's sad is Rockies fans don't trust ownership and don't trust the front office now to the point where they're afraid to go all in on Chris Bryant. They're afraid to go all in on Ryan McMahon, on Herman Marquez, on any of these other guys because the Rockies are just going to trade them. And whether or not that is 100% accurate narrative or not, it is what it is because perception is reality and that's the perception the Rockies
3: have created. Interesting. Thank you.
1: Well, on that note, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, call it a uh, a preview, if you will, of the opening series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I will say this, sidebar for another episode of a, of a Colorado Rockies podcast, the uh, jawlines that have been through that stadium have been elite, Matt Holliday, Carlos Gonzalez, right. elite, elite. <laughs> so it's, I mean, they're, they're Me? at least...
0: I've been through that stadium many times. Elite jawline. <laughs> uh,
1: right I'd like to believe you, but your beard leads me <laughs> to refer to it as misinformation. So we'll, we'll we'll debunk that another time.
2: He only has the beard as respect to other people. That's he doesn't right.
0: want to shame them or make them feel that's, uncomfortable. That's, right. that's exactly right. He's on, Juan's on to something. <laughs> Listen,
1: you're a beautiful specimen, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that's what that is. But I, I'm not going to enable, but I digress. But uh, if you want to follow Brian uh, at Rocky Mountain BK on Twitter and only Twitter because he doesn't have any other social media, he's uh, he's not only is he a good friend of mine, but he's, uh, he's he covers the Rockies, covers uh, uh, college football, talks about the jazz, uh, all sorts of things on the Internet, as, as he refers to himself, a long-suffering Rockies fan. That's so, right.
0: uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Brian, thanks for joining us, man, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you down the road.
0: Always a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me.
1: And there you have it, another edition of the Bleed Lows podcast. And again, this episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Masters are this week. Major League Baseball clearly is kicking off this week. So go and check them out. It's super easy to get started. So join today. They even have your Vegas casino and poker games, too. So again, huge thanks to our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. But on that note, we will wrap up this episode again of the Bleed Los Podcast, and we'll catch you down the road. Thanks again for all the support.